So people seem to be pretty happy about the Oscars and how they unfolded last night. I suspect it's because, first of all, some fan, fan favorites won. But also, you didn't have to watch the whole thing. You can watch the highlights, in which case just watch the good stuff, like Lady Gaga's performance, like the performance of Best Original Song, which was you know called, it's a movie called RRR, and it was called Natu Natu, and it was sensational. And then, who can't be? I think you have to be of a certain age to be absolutely thrilled, like I was, by Jamie Lee Curtis. Because Jamie Lee Curtis, when I was growing up, she was the scream queen. And she was actually really good at it. But nobody ever took Jamie Lee Curtis seriously. And as the years went by, you just realized that she's a very savvy, funny woman who has a fantastic marriage and a couple of kids and keeps on churning out in her senior years now great movies. And so she won an Oscar. Stop! We just won an Oscar. We just won an Oscar. I just won an Oscar. We just won an Oscar together! And she won it for the movie that cleaned up last night with seven trophies, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. And congratulations to, I don't know if he's a full-time, I'll have to ask, Richard Krause is probably listening right now, so he'll text me, but Guillermo del Toro uh, has been living in Toronto and working in Toronto, and he won for Pinocchio uh, as the best animated feature, so that's kind of cool. And then Sarah Pauly, also another Canadian, winning. Uh, let's turn to the world of politics. It's a Mulcair Monday, so we bring in former NDP leader, now political analyst Thomas Mulcair. Nice to have you, sir. Uh, an MPP stepping down or out of the Ontario PC caucus on Friday amid allegations of election interference. I think this kind of, well, it came as a surprise to me at the very least, because I thought this was a uniquely federal issue, and the first casualty is a conservative MPP. Yeah, everybody's saying the right thing. He's saying he's stepping back because he doesn't want to cause any embarrassment to his government and he wants them to be able to continue their good work and he's going to clear his name. Doug Ford saying, wonderful guy, none of this has been proven yet, but he's doing the right thing by stepping down. So yes, it is a bit of a tough situation that everybody's in right now with this Ontario MPP stepping down. His name is Vincent Key. And I don't think he had any choice given the ambience that we're in right now, but I I think it's worth repeating what Doug Ford said. None of this has been proven yet. And there is still so much out there. It simply begs the question, why hasn't Justin Trudeau done the right thing and started looking at Chinese government interference in Canadian elections? Not just federally, but of course, if it is the Chinese government that has been involved at other levels of government in Montreal, there are two of these the shorthand that's being used, police stations of the Chinese government, both of which were run by one person who was the preferred candidate in a municipal election in in, uh, in an area south of Montreal. So these are big issues. They, they involve the whole country. They involve the foundation of a democracy, which is a free election. And I think it's about time Mr. Trudeau simply came to the realization that Canadians want to have a full, complete inquiry. Uh, we're in the phase before the federal budget where everybody is lobbying the finance minister for one thing or another. I know that in some quarters they're insisting it's time she show some fiscal restraint. Other people are saying it's time for Christia Freeland to address the cost of living. I've never been sure of what government tools there are to address the cost of living. Not a lot, um, you know, because the Poiliev complaint, by the way, 
is right. And he says, well, $500 billion spent uh, has fed part of this inflation. That's not wrong. The question back to Polyev, of course, is, well, what would you have done when millions of Canadians lost their jobs overnight? And, you know, they had to put food on the table and you wanted them to have a job to go back to. So, yes, the the government backstopped a lot of stuff that it would have never touched before. Christia Freeland, I think, is one of the most studious and competent people we've had in Canadian politics in a long time. She's going to be looking at all this stuff. I do have friends who work with her and been telling me that she's been working tirelessly uh, on this budget. She's going to try to do all things for all people. Yes, come up with a way maybe to put a little bit more money in people's pockets, but at the same time, show that the federal government has got to start reeling in the spending after you know the years of, of the pandemic. And I think that Christia Freeland is probably the best person to navigate that. By the way, John, interesting press conference by Poiliev yesterday, because there is a side to him um, where he, he gets his messages through because he pushes hard and he sometimes pushes the envelope. Some of his claims are exaggerated. But I found that po- the Poiliev I heard in that news conference yesterday was much more polished. He His answers were sharper. He was going off in you know fewer directions than he usually does. It's always Justin Trudeau's fault, as you know, if you've ever heard Poiliev speak. But I do find that they're getting him ready for the election. He's starting to take a little bit of coaching, and it's not all over the map as it often was before. Well, there is an edge to his manner of speaking, and certainly people were spoofing this video that he made quite recently for social media where he sort of lurches toward the camera and says, hey, Justin... Is this the one in the airport? I mean, you know, he looked like a carnivore. Yes. I mean, every time he tries to smile, you, you think T-Rex, right? So, so yes, he, he has that <laughs> attitude to him. But he was there yesterday. He had his, his shadow finance critic, who he himself represents a lot of diversity. I mean, if Poitiev wants to have a chance of winning the next election, he's got to break through in the greater Toronto area, period. Uh, Toronto's going to decide the next election with its 50 seats in the GTA. It's, it's the key place. And the Liberals still have a walk uh, on that as things now stand. But everything is starting to melt away for Trudeau right now. He's, he's really on the ropes. He's not got an answer with regard to what we just talked about before, Chinese government interference in elections. He, he is reeling right now. And uh, it's interesting, interesting, John, there are people at the highest level of the Liberal Party who are talking among, you know, in these circles where you connect with people and you get the inside stuff, saying, well, you know, we're making sure that Mr. Trudeau understands that this is his legacy mandate. You know, he's going to have put, you know, lots of different subjects on the table. The dental care plan is a good one. Pharmacare seems to be coming up. He has health agreements with the provinces. He's going to be able to look back and say, I did all of that stuff. What they're essentially saying is he's got to start getting ready to leave his place to someone else. So this is why Trudeau is getting more and more squeezed. He's got seven months once the new electoral map comes in to call an election under the existing map, which is better for the Liberals. The new map brings in a bunch of seats, that, for example, in Alberta, that are all going to go Conservative. So there's a timeline that's being drawn for Trudeau that draws him to an election this fall, and he's got to make a decision. Is he going to be the one to lead the Liberals into that election, or is he going to just look at the party and say, start organizing? About a year from today, uh, we're going to have to have a new leader in place. So this is the big question he's facing yeah. right now. Well, you could pull uh, Dalton McGinty. It worked out. I mean, uh, the provincial Liberals yeah. won a majority after the Dalton McGinty pulled that trick. Okay, so um, Supreme Court Justice Russell Brown, I remember reporting recently that he'd been basically benched. He's not serving right now. And now we know it's because there was this altercation in Arizona. And it's a he said, he said situation. Yeah. And um, for for what it's worth, I'm 
I'm in the corner of Russell Brown. Even if you take as proven some of the stuff that was alleged by the people who were at this bar, he was attending a conference where Louise Albour was giving a, receiving an award. And it was one of these things where somebody said, well, come and sit down. And then somebody started making stuff up from anything I can read about this, but they were clever enough to make a complaint. Supreme Court's not going to mess around. The Judicial Council's not going to mess around. Brown himself, I think, an incredibly solid judge of the Supreme Court and a person of character from what I know of him. Um, he, he just said, okay, we're going to apply the rules. I'll step back. And then he. it's interesting. Normally, you would have told your client, zip it. Like, don't say a word. But he came out with just enough of a statement last week to say, look, this is demonstrably false. And I'm just going to deal with it. And I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I think that Russell Brown will go on to finish his great career at the Supreme Court because he's a great judge. And this thing just smacks of uh, somebody being vengeful after, after a brush with a Supreme Court judge and trying to do whatever he can to make life miserable for him. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Great to talk to you, John. All the best. Always a pleasure.